this is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast. Season 9, episode 25. We have a full house again. Kyle Gauss, Declan Landis, Ramir Vaughn, and Johnny Zwizlak. I'm John DiCarlo. Happy to be with you all for another episode. Got a lot of cool stuff ahead for you. Our interview with former Temple Center Kevin Lyde, one of several players who was back this past weekend. The 98-99 NCAA Tournament Elite 8 team was honored at halftime. Had a chance to talk to Kevin, had a chance to talk to a bunch of other players from that team. So we'll have that interview for you later. Updates on this men's basketball team that has now lost nine in a row. They got to play on the road Thursday at FAU, a women's team that is still right in the middle of things and still could grab that top seed in the conference tournament between now and next month. We'll talk women's hoops, uh, football recruiting update, some mailbag questions for you all as well. The scoop is brought to you as always by Greenspan and Greenspan injury lawyers. If you've been injured while on the road or the highway, and the crash was someone else's fault. The insurance company is not going to be on your side. You need us. Temple Law Grads will fight hard to get the compensation that you deserve. We only get paid if we win. So in Pennsylvania or New York, call us today at 215-261-7359. That's 215-261-7359. And you can find them on the web at greenspans-law.com. That's greenspans-law.com. Two of you on this Zoom call are wearing, wearing winter hats. Just taking care of your of your health. Kyle told us that he was just nobly out there shoveling earlier. It was thank, a good shovel. Thank you for your it's service. Snow to shovel. Yeah. yeah, I expected it to be harder than it was. It was a good, good, uh, good shovelable snow. It was. It was. Yeah. We had a lot of. I, I shoveled earlier here, and it was a, it was a heavy slushy snow. No, I mean, but that's good though, because you can just like put your weight behind it. And yeah. like just push it. And like I live up on like a hill, so I kind of just like push it down the driveway. And I push it into the street, and I hope that the guy plowing this street comes quickly, so I don't look like an asshole. And then he did today. He came right away and just pushed all my crap away. <laughs> Declan, you're wearing a winter hat just because. I mean, it's my gimmick, so you know. Sure, that's all I'm saying. I'm pretty sure there's probably photos of me wearing a winter hat prior to your existence, right? Yeah, but it's not the same. You know, you grew in and out of it. It's my time now, you know. You, I grew in and out of it. So you haven't grown out. You haven't grown out of that yet. You're I haven't still grown out of the the face. No, you no, no. The, begun to peak. Uh, not, not even close. Probably in the next three to five years. It's good. Rymir is by far the best dressed person on our our Zoom session right now, wearing a, what appears to be a white turtleneck sweater with a chain. Just, just looks looks dashing. I wouldn't say I'm the best dressed, but thank you. I appreciate. 2014 Drake. But Ramir, why are you dressed up? Why are you dressed up? I had an appearance on Isle Sports Update this morning. Had a boy. Made yeah. his TV debut. Yeah. How'd it go on a scale of one to ten? How would you rate your performance? Solid eight. It would have been a ten if I didn't like lose my train of thought halfway through the second question and I had to, you know, make up words as I went along. I'm sure you were I'm sure you were fine. That kind of showing us a picture of it already. <laughs> It was yeah, good. We, yeah, we have some screenshots. I'm sure it was uh I'm sure it was good. And more more screenshots from Declan <laughs> with Jake Gable <laughs> and Aiden Bandel. There we go. Good stuff. Johnny, did you survive the snow? 
I did. Honestly, I haven't left my apartment yet, so I, I didn't know that it really snowed until I looked out the window. So I don't think the city got that much, did it? No, it didn't look window. like it. I mean, it was it was snowing like earlier, like when I first woke like woke up and looked out the window. It came looked like it was coming down hard, but uh, now now I looked out again. It's not that bad. Enough yeah, to get some class this morning. Oh yeah, see, yeah, baby. This is like the standard. Like you guys are are soft stuff, but like Temple never used to cancel or delay oh. classes ever. Like it just was not a thing. It did, and now it's like anytime you know the wind looks at you guys bad, you get a two hour delay. The wind will be bad. me a river. Oh, Boo-hoo. I Boo-hoo. it's fair. I slept like, in this morning. It was beautiful. It's the uh, first time I've slept in months. What's a what's a non-sleeping day for you, Declan? Uh five to six. Declan, I feel like a lot of times our group chat you don't respond to eleven forty-five. And people are like, oh, Declan's just out. Hey, I didn't say when the five started. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Johnny, we discussed your Go Blue banner in the background. So you grew up a big Michigan fan. Declan grew up a big Notre Dame fan. No, he said it wasn't his. That is not my Michigan flag. That is my roommate's Michigan flag. I do oh, not so I'm a bad, so I'm a bad listener. Uh, I don't think you were on it. It was during the press conference last week or two weeks ago. I said, yeah. Johnny just let stand straight and no, he doesn't care. And he just like go blue. And he's like, it's not my flag. <laughs> it's not my flag. <laughs> I don't claim it. It's just, it's just in the background. It's just because this is where my desk is. There you go. Now, now you can't see it. Your backdrop, John DiCarlo backdrop, a little depressing. Just yeah, it's a, like I'm up in the attic here. I mean, this is the the arch ceiling behind me. What do you want me to put up there? Photo of your loved ones. Uh, a on nice hand drawn photo of the Owl Scoop staff. I don't know. Whatever, whatever makes you feel at home. A hand drawn photo of the Owl Scoop. Staff. I could make you a nice pic collage family portrait if you want me to. That'd be awesome. I have some of Declan's. I have some of Declan's artwork on my refrigerator in the office. It's the it's the the hand the, the turkey hand. Frank Sinatra turkey has a cold. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're answering your own question then of what should be behind you in the bedroom. <laughs> All right, I'll grab it. I'll grab it from the office. Famous number twenty five. Some of these from from last week could translate over. Some of the twenty fours have won twenty five. Two Temple. Two Temple players, Marty Collins and Mark Karcher. Mark Karcher, I should also say, talk to him before Sunday's game. Again, we'll play the Mark, we'll play the Kevin Light interview for you. But if you're an Al Scoop subscriber, you will get access to our conversation with Ron Rollerson, conversation with Rashid Brokenborough, and our conversation with Mark Karcher. So we'll have Mark, Ron, and Rashid for you, and you'll hear from Kevin Light today. So both Marty Collins and Mark Karcher of War number 25. Uh, it was staying with Temple, like a Hall of Very Good player for Temple. Actually, he might end up in the Temple Hall of Fame eventually. Quinn DeCozy. Oh, yeah. Q. Q ended up having a very good career. Going that, off the beaten path here from Ranker. my favorite. Ranker.com. <laughs> two of my favorite, well, one of my favorite two Al Scoop listeners, Mr. Jeff Landis. Uh, number 25, Tim Richmond, who, uh, who drove the number 25 car. And, uh, I thought the, you were about to tell us that your dad wore number twenty-five. No, yeah, that's what I thought he was going to say. <laughs> now, now he he pretty much won a gold medal in every sport in the Olympics. He says, but I don't think he wore number twenty-five doing it. Uh, but as I was saying, Tim Richmond, if you've seen the movie Days of Thunder, it's loosely based on him and his relationship with his crew chief. So. That's the Tom Cruise one. Sure, yeah, I Tom think Cruise, so. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. Where in the beginning they like pull him over with, and it's like a stripper's the cop. Is that yes. is, yep. Yeah. Yep. I, mean, I don't know about all that, but 
Yep. Pretty sure. I, I'm, I don't think I fabricated that movie. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what no, That's it. Yeah, Kyle's Kyle's right. Declan, you'd probably you'd probably like that movie. That's what they told me. My parents told me to watch it. So, um, who else is um, in that movie? Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, and who else? It's, who else is it's Nicole Kidman. That isn't that, isn't that where they met? Or were they I already? I believe so. Been? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and then she probably wasn't down with the Church of Scientology. No, but Keith Urban. Yeah. Yeah. So she she hard corrected. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was quite the U-turn. Um, arguably, I'm not arguably the best center fielder of his generation. Uh, just barely missed the Hall of Fame this year. Um, why am I stumped on this? Just missed the Hall of Fame. Who would I think was the best center fielder of his generation? Andrew Jones. Oh, uh, okay. He got wow. 68 or 70% this year. I guess that just throws me off that he's eligible for, wow. He's been eligible for seven years. He got 61% this year. He's trending in the right direction. I don't, I, in my mind, he just stopped playing a couple of years ago. It's weird. I'm obviously wrong. That'd be incorrect. He ate himself out of the league. So I traded for him in MLB 2K13. So <laughs> yeah, that was probably his last year. That was last yeah, year. He was, uh, it wasn't yeah, very good. It was 12. I was didn't, fooled. Didn't Rockwell Armstead wear 25 before he switched to number seven? Yes. There we go. Yeah. During that, um, his freshman, sophomore year. Johnny, Ramir, do you guys have any contributions to the list? Shady McCoy. Oh, yeah. That's going. We're missing Ramir's favorite basketball player. He doesn't wear it anymore, though. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Oh. No. I'm more he loves a, this game. He's mentioned I'm that. more of a, a Daniel House guy. <laughs> Are you sad to see him traded? <laughs> uh, no. He'd be all right. Kyle, any more trivia questions for us? A ward named after him in college Trib- football. Treblitnikoff Award. Blitnikoff. Blitnikoff. Uh, the guy that if you drafted between like 2010 and 2014, you won your fantasy league without doubt. For uh, the Chiefs. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles, yeah. Broke someone's ankles, literally. I have a, I have saved my dad. My dad has a really cool painting of Fred Blitnikoff playing against the Vikings uh, in one of the Super Bowls. I really played, and it's in the Rose Bowl. Very, very cool painting, but I don't have it with me. You should hang that behind you. Yeah. There's a lot of it would be slanted. It would be slanted. You could hang it like a banner. Like it just like like you hung a banner in the rafters. Yeah. That'd be sick. When you when we enact the Al Scoop Hall of Fame, we'll just slowly (laughs) raise that. What's the uh, what's the first class for the Al Scoop Hall of Fame? When does Uh, voting come out for that? We don't put John in the first class. I think we just like (laughs) we make him wait. Um, yeah, the guy who blew his knee out in uh, a terrible incident, but also more like one of the best Sixers postseason wins in the last 15 years came at the expense of that blown out knee. Derrick Rose. Uh, yeah. And then the Sixers beat the Bulls that series. Yeah. What about a big time former MLB slugger? Palmero. Yeah, he he's not who I was thinking of. Sammy Sosa. Jim and- Tomey. Yes, I'll I'll correct. Who else? Mark McGuire. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. I we we're all looking at the same list. <laughs> I should have pulled it up. I we should lost. kill this segment. <laughs> We've done this for like seven straight years, and we just were too stupid to remember what we did the previous year. So we just had the same conversations. <laughs> what would we do instead, though? Like, what well, would be the new segment? on this date? We look up famous events that happened on the 25th of whatever, or in this case, like either do it based upon the episode number or hey, February 13th. 
and we can say, oh, the same Valentine's Day massacre happened Jesus. tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's gone. That's gone. Nobody said around uh, this date. Around this date, <laughs> and it just gets it gets further and further stretched out. You know, October's close to February. In about fourteen months, you know. <laughs> anyway, I promised you all our interview with Kevin Lied at the outset of the episode. Kevin Lied, as I said, was honored with several other players from that 1998-99 Temple team that went to the Elite Eight, lost to Duke on a Duke team that was really loaded, included players like Elton Brand, Corey McGetty, Will Avery. So Kevin had 1,006 career rebounds in his career, was a McDonald's All-American out of Oak Hill Academy, uh, really, really good player. Second in career blocks with 219 behind, way behind Tim Perry, who's well ahead of everyone else on that list, with 392 blocks. So Kevin is now coaching AU ball now down in the D.C. area. So really enjoyed talking to him. We'll play this interview for you. Have more on the other side. And like I said, we have more content, more interviews with players like Rashid Brokenborough and other players from that team, Ron Rollerson. And uh, we'll play this live interview for you. And like we said, have more Temple Men's Hoops talk on the other side. Kevin, what's it, what's it like being back? It's good. It's good to see my brothers. Uh, guys I ain't seen in a while. You know, we still got close relationship with a lot of guys. So it's, it's good. Good feeling. What do you, I'm sure you have a million of them, but what are your what are your memories? Obviously, memories of Temple, but of that team. And you went to the tournament a lot when you were here, that, that 99 team. What, what stands out? What are some of the memories that go through your head? Uh, what stands out is the, the, uh, the way we fought together. We fought together. We had a lot of – Coach Scott was the hardest game in the country that year. And we, we had some dog fights. We lost some good games. We won some good games. The way we bonded together and fought through everything, all the adversity we went through. Obviously, defense was always an identity. You were a really good offensive player, good uh, good rebounder too. But that 99 team compared to some of the other tournament teams, was there a different identity to that team or anything that sticks out to you? Just our, our bond. Our yeah. bond was we were so close as a team. Like, we did everything together. We hung out all the time outside of practice. We were just together all the time. So I'll, I'll, I'll say our bond. Yeah. Do you have a Coach Chaney story from that, from that season? Do I have a Coach Chaney? I got several Coach Chaney stories from that season. So, Coach, Coach, one time we were uh, San Francisco, just lost to Fresno State. Had a rough time. Coach called us in a, in a, in a lobby hotel, screaming late, like 1, one two in the morning, screaming on us. Get to the airport, had us practice in the airport the next morning. <laughs> so, after that day, it was just, you know, coach, typical coach stuff. Where were you practicing in the airport? Like in one of the terminals? Or yes, in the terminal. Just doing like a walkthrough? Yeah, walkthrough where he had us really actually get active and. <laughs> And what was that? Were people walking by? Like, Looking okay, at us crazy, like, yeah. but he didn't care. He wanted. He had something to show us. He wanted to show us. He showed us. Well, I just asked Mark this. What was, again, you were a McDonald's All-American, really gifted offensive player, but like defensively when the zone was working well, especially in the tournament, you know, like conference teams knew you guys better, but when you got into the tournament, you'd hear players say, like, we can try to simulate it in practice. We just couldn't do it. When it, when the zone was really working well, was it fun to look across and, and see opponents and have them just look confused? Like, what was that feeling like? It's a great feeling because you see, they they thinking there's six people on the court defensively. They're trying to figure out what's over. And the zone, once the zone's clicking, we're everywhere. It's, it's, the farthest pass is open. You can't see that pass if everybody's active. So when we, when we click in the zones, it's a tough out for a team. Do you remember your recruitment? Like, I mean, again, you were McDonald's All-American, one of the best high school players in the country. Who, who else were you considering at the time, and why did you come to Temple? Well, I, I considered Maryland, Michigan, UNLV, Auburn. 
I chose Temple because Coach. I talked to Mark. I came on a visit, talked to Mark. But Coach said something to me that stuck out to me. He told me, you can't learn to swim if you're not in the pool. So basically, you can't play if you're not in the game. So that's all I need. I just want a chance to play. Yeah. Well, if you had a chance to, I know Adam's had four players on, on Zoom calls. If you had a chance to talk to Adam Fisher, and if so, what's your relationship been like with him? So I actually see, by me coaching in the summertime, I actually see Adam on the road from time to time. So we speak. I like Adam. Adam's a good guy. Like, yeah. young, energetic guy. He's going to figure it out. Yeah. What do you like the progression of the program as it is now you know, it's, basketball is an up and down game, so it's just a roller coaster. He's gonna figure out the, the roller coaster ride to get it going the way it needs to go. I mean, obviously everything's different now than when you played. There's the portal; guys can leave whenever they want. NIL is an important thing. Uh, obviously, there's so much talent down where you guys are. What's key to like recruiting down in the DMV? Well, my thing is to be honest with the guys. Just tell them what you expect from them and what you're trying to get out of. Like right now, nobody stays. Let's be honest; nobody stays at a school for four years. They'll come to school, do two, and then go somewhere else and get an NIL deal. So you got to be honest with the guys what you want. Just tell them what you want and what, what, what's your goal. Some guys want to be the guy to change the program around. Some guys not chasing money. Some guys want to change the program. So just be honest with the guys. What do you like about coaching now, and what's different? What do you see in players now that's different than, than when you were playing? Well, Probably everything, right? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot more hunger when I played. Like, every, like the NIL, so money's been tossed around everywhere now. So you play because you want to get money, you want to give your, your, your family a better opportunity, you want to figure out life. Now it's just, you play because you, you, you love it. It's something you want to do. Like, you loved it back then, but right now you're chasing something. I was trying to get my family out of a situation, so I, I played a little hard, a little, wanted a little more. Now it's, kids are more spoiled, so it's, it's kind of hard to reach some of the kids. But I coach now because I want to show them, give back to what I didn't have. Somebody tell me what's ahead of Because like I said, this basketball is, is, is also a business too. So you got you got to navigate through the business side of that. So. Yeah. When you guys got to the Elite Eight, that, that Duke team that you played was star-studded. You had Corey McGetty, you had Elton Brand. You remember what, what your memories of? Obviously, you guys wanted to win that game. They were so talented. What was it like going up against them? So it, it was a lot of trash talking. Yeah. Because one of my high school teammates played on that team, Will Avery. We went to high oh, school yeah. together. Yeah. So we were calling each other during the week, and he was telling us how bad they're going to beat us. And yeah. just going back and forth. But just... I mean, I thought we had a chance to beat them. Oh, sure. Me yeah. personally, I thought we was going to beat them, but yeah. they came out and beat us. Speaking of trash talking, I, wanted to, I, I always like talking to Quincy Wadley. This was like pre-internet. Quincy was such a good trash talker. Sometimes I would be sitting on press row, and I could hear what he was saying to some of the other guys he was guarding to get them frazzled. Like, what was he like as a trash talker? I, I would have to think he almost like did research on some of these guys because it was funny. He still is the best trash talker. I yeah. talk to Quincy almost every other day. He's still the best trash talker. Quincy talked trash to get, get himself going, get the other team going, just to just get himself going. So that's that's what made him go. Somebody oh, yeah. talking to him, him talking to somebody, that's what made him go. So. And now his son's a, one son's, of the best players. Son's a stud. Son's what, a stud. What would, how would you describe his son? Six five, Quincy attitude, just mm-hmm. taller. A little more, I think he's more athletic than Quincy. Yeah. But the same same guy, same guy, just yeah. taller, just a little hungry. Going this, back to that Duke game, what are some life or even player lessons you learned from, from that loss? Uh, that's, a t- that's a tough question because it, it was a tough law because yeah. like I, I had a, like I said I had a lot of friends on that team El- me and Elton was real cool me and Will Avery was real cool I, life lesson I learned that I, we went, you talk trash you lose so they, they bring it up when I talk to them now they'll remind me of that game so that's, that was a tough lesson I learned from don't lose your friend yeah, was there like a like an underrated guy on that team like a guy that maybe didn't get enough credit again there's so many guys like 
coach team would say rules, roles, responsibilities, and everybody knew their roles. Was there a guy that really like knew his role really well on that team that didn't get enough credit? To be honest, and I got to be all right, everybody played a special part role in that because everybody, everybody keep, kept each other together. So if me, me and Ron played the same position, but you wouldn't tell we was the best of friends. Me and Mark, my, I'm like, Mark's like my older brother. We've been together for years. Rasheed Brockenborough took me under the wing. Uh, Pepe, like all of us, we were so close-knitted that everybody had a special role in that team. I know you're here for the 99 team today, but the 2000 team, is that the one that you still think of and say, damn, that, that Seton Hall game, if we had gotten past them, who knows? Yeah. Is that still kind of haunt you today when you think about that? I'm not allowed to. All them games haunt me in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. The Michigan State, the Seton Hall, the Duke, all of them, because we were right there. Just, just a little bit more to get us over the hump. Was the 2001 team maybe one of your favorites because you guys went on that run and nobody – they, they all those teams had talent, but the 2000 team was loaded. You guys were out in the second round, and then 2001, before you know it, boom, you're in the Elite Eight again. Was that run a little bit more special because people kind of counted you out earlier you know in the season? Was, it was special because we had seven, seven guys, eight yeah. guys at, mo- at best. So that's why that team was special. We only had eight guys, and we went to war with eight guys day in and day out. What do you want to do in the future? Do you want to keep coaching? Is that something you're really, really passionate about? Is that where you want to keep taking your career? Yes, uh, I want to keep coaching, teaching these kids, helping these kids out as much as I can. That's what I want to do. Big thank you to Kevin Lyde for spending some time with me prior to Sunday's game. As I said before the interview, if you like that interview, you'll certainly like our conversation with Rashid Brokenborough, with Ron Rollerson, with Mark Karcher, three other guys who were there prior to Sunday's game against Charlotte. The one guy I wanted to catch up with and I didn't get a chance to catch up with was uh, Lamont Barnes. He was there. Nate Blackwell was there. Members of John Cheney's family were there as well. So really, really good catching up with Kevin. Like I said, stay tuned if you're an Scoop subscriber for those other interviews as well. So we know that this edition of the Owls is nothing like that 98-99 team that went to the Elite Eight, nor do we expect them to be, but Temple is now on a nine-game losing streak. It's the program's longest since the 1975-76 season after that 73-70 loss. To Charlotte, no Jaleel White appears to have re-aggravated that ring finger on his right hand. Yet they still had a chance to send the overtime, send the game to overtime. But Matteo Piccarelli's three-point attempt with a few seconds left missed. They were down 14 with five and a half minutes left. Eventually got within two, couldn't pull out the win. Quante Barry had a season high and a career high 13 points. He had missed the last two games with a shoulder injury. Zion Stanford played more minutes again, had nine points. Hysier Miller had 14 to lead the team. Now they face what will obviously be a very tough game on the road Thursday at FAU, number 24 FAU. They, of course, went to the Final Four last season, brought virtually everyone back from that Final Four team, which is you know notable considering in a transfer portal NIL world uh, how those guys didn't get plucked you know, from, uh, from that roster for other opportunities. But tough game on the road. They're the second highest scoring team in the league behind Tulane, sort of middle of the pack defensively, just three percentage points, three tenths of a percentage point off uh, being the top shooting team in the league. But they're 10th in the conference in field goal percentage defense, fifth best rebounding team in the conference. John L. Davis is their leading scorer, probably their best player, averaging 18.6 points and 6.8 rebounds per game. If Charlie White can't play Thursday, I think any slim chances of an upset win go out the window without him on the floor to defend them guys. What did you see from Sunday? Again, a familiar storyline. They 
you know, I don't know if there is any positive to be taken from the fact that this team continues to stay in games and fight, that they don't fold. I do think that some of these games last year would have gotten kind of wildly out of control. But what did you see from from Sunday beyond the obvious stuff that you that you take take with you from that game without Charlie White? Uh, against the Charlotte team that has been a lot better than than people thought they would be one of the one of the top half teams or top you know top two or three teams in the conference. What did you guys take away from from Sunday heading into Thursday's game against FAU? It's like you said, you know, they were in it to the end with a Charlotte team that's had some really really good wins this season. They just got off an eight great uh, eight game winning streak. Like they are a good team and they're here to compete in the conference. It's just. Also, like, there's a discernible step down in talent. Like, we, we've mentioned it, but the fact that they were in that game to the end is is probably a good sign of the culture and the sign that they are playing playing for Fisher and showing up for him. And um, this Quante Berry game could lead to something, too. But I don't know. It's hard to take positives from this long of a losing, losing streak, in all honesty. So they're competing. They're close losses, but... We knew that this wasn't going to be a good season per se, and they're showing the signs that it could be a good future. That's my glass half full takeaway. We could talk about. There's a mailbag question later on from our good friend Sam New uh, Sam Newman, who's now at Awful Announcing, former Al Scoop staff member, has a mailbag question for us along those lines. Anything else to take away from this game? Again, if if Charlie White doesn't play. Thursday, uh, a tough game becomes really, really tough on the road against FAU. Yeah, I think maybe the Quante Berry 13-point game, maybe the biggest plus to take out of it. Zion Stanford continuing to see more minutes. They desperately, desperately need a second guard or a capable ball handler aside from Heisier Miller. We saw how much that has hurt them repeatedly. You know, guys like... Jordan Riley, again, they've given them offense, but they just they they need more than one ball handler on this team. But yeah, the longest <laughs> the longest losing streak in the program's history since 1976, the year I was born. So 47 years. <laughs> Kyle, what are you about to say, Kyle? The same as otherwise joyous year. And then people <laughs> people had celebrated the bi- the bicentennial. Everyone's all excited, probably waving those little, wearing little like whisk, wicker hats, waving little flags. Wicker hats. And then uh, you came around, and uh, Don Casey lost a lot of games in a row. Wicker hats. When, when yeah, you know, what I'm talking about the wicker hat with a little like band, like little tape thing around. It's like a very like stereotypical like. I think 50s, that's 60s, a wicker. It's not a wicker hat. Wouldn't that be like a like a straw? It'd be like a straw hat. <laughs> wicker would be like a hard like wearing like a piece of furniture on your head. I think that would be more. There are a wicker, oh. wicker hat. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> 1950s vintage hats for men for sale. Wicker hats. Back in my day, there were straw hats. <laughs> we're gonna debate. We're gonna debate hats today. <laughs> and we've officially gotten off off track again. Kyle, anything positive to take from from Sunday's loss? Again, nine game losing streak. Any positives to take from Quante Berry coming back off the shoulder injury, scoring 13 points? Obviously, like we've said, if if there's no Jaleel White Thursday, I'm not saying they beat FAU and upset him with Jaleel White, but is there anything positive to take from the fact that they continue to stay in these games and battle back? 
Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, like if they're saying in games battling back, I think I came into the tail end of the deck one saying that that's like a sign of like the culture being good, which sure. Um, I think the big thing is Zion, Stanford, and Quante Berry. If you're going to lose, lose young. Mm-hmm. So like Zion, Stanford hadn't really played since that, that offense since December. Him coming back, playing 22 minutes, important. Quante Berry playing 26 minutes, important. Because um, those are guys that you're hoping are going to be foundation guys going forward. So uh, I, I'm, that's not to say that Adam Fisher's like, let's give up on this season and play all the freshmen. And if you're an upperclassman, you're screwed. But like, you have to eventually pass the torch to the, to the underclassmen. And uh, even if they're going to make more mistakes, like Zion Stanford still turns the ball. He only turned the ball over once against mm-hmm. Charlotte, but he still turns the ball over fairly often. But like, you live with that for a little bit because in the hopes that eventually he'll cut down on it. In the end, like, honestly, like, if you had told me a week ago that they're going to lose by three and honestly probably should have gone to overtime. Uh, with that foul of Mateo at the end that didn't get called against a team that was 8-2 and two in conference, like most people would have signed up for that. Guys, this women's basketball team is now 13-10. and 10. Johnny is shaking his head up and down like he's in a, like in a, in a cover band. I was rocking out. The trick with that, though, is you don't want to do neck because you'll tweak your neck. You want it almost more like shoulders to prevent like the... A tweak. Still, I feel like my hair, my hair doesn't move around as well. No, it's true. Like you're, you're sacrificing some hair performance, but like you're yeah. not gonna, you're not gonna mess your neck up. That's fair. Something to work on for next week, Johnny. Diane Richardson's team, thirteen and ten overall, seven and four in the league. Again, they, they first place in the conference standings is still right there for them. Huge opportunity tomorrow night. It will be a big, big game for them at UAB. They're coming off that fifty nine fifty five win over USF. Different script in that, you know, they've gone back and forth, back and forth, but uh, a game where they did make the plays they were supposed to make down the stretch, which is a positive development. What did you guys see from that game that might give you reason to think that they could keep this going and, and grab what would, again, be a really big win on the road this week? I mean, I think just TR East, I think, in general, has just been on another level for Temple. I mean, that – Coach Richardson and Tiara had mentioned coming into the season that a big thing was her confidence going to the rim and just being confident in the shots she takes at the end of games. And, I mean, she took that ball with confidence at the end of the game and carried Temple back into that game and basically brought them to that win. And I know and Inez Piper, too, she also hit that clutch shot with under a minute left to give Temple the lead. So I think it's just they're they're like you mentioned, John, they're just making the right plays at the end of the game and against the – in that game against USF, and they're playing with confidence. I think that's the big thing. Is even coming off of losses, they're they, they their confidence never wavers. They know they trust themselves to to come back, and they trust themselves that they're going to win. So I think that's the big thing is that they're playing with confidence. They finally won, or they they were able to pull out a close game again. If you look at their you know their their game their game logs, you'll see like when they're winning games, they're winning games, and they're handling teams and. It's not really close at the end, but when they lose, they lose close. And it's a sign, it's a good sign that they're actually able to pull off these close games. And they've done it two times in a row now against, um, I believe, Wichita State was the other close game win that they had, which is showing progression. And it, it all comes down to being, you know, consistent and confident in themselves, which is, you know, two things that they've struggled with throughout the season. All right, so again, a big game on the road Wednesday night for Diane Richardson's team at University of Alabama, Birmingham. What sticks out to you about the Blazers? Have you looked at the Blazers at all? There's a familiar last name. 
Denim DeShields, Delino DeShields' daughter is on the UAB Blazers. Even Delino DeShields. Uh, it's Delino to people that actually, you know, paid attention. You're talking about Delino DeShields, the, 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 the former it's baseball Delino. player? It's Delino. I just Googled it too because I was actually concerned. Uh, he had, and her sister, Diamond, is in the WNBA. He named all his kids D. I thought Delano DeShields pronounced his first name Delano DeShields. It could be. I'm 100% just going, digging my heels in. About, about <laughs> Who also, Delano DeShields from Delaware was going to play basketball at Villanova, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. For and the, then he got drafted like 12th overall by the Expos. Yeah. Yes, from the great first state of Delaware. where Seaford. Seaford, Delaware. Yeah. Declan, what, what jumps to your mind when you hear of Seaford, Delaware? Uh, it's not even close to where where I'm around. I know, but still, I thought I'd ask the question. Seaford, uh, it's, a, it's a fine area, south. You know, mm -hmm. How's it named Seaford and it's not near the sea? Because Delaware, you know, sometimes doesn't make sense. That's fair. That's sometimes, a perfectly okay response. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, you, you ask for reason. Sometimes you don't get it, you know. That's, <laughs> That's life. life. That's life, baby. I feel like you've aged 25 years in this podcast. Sometimes it's just not a good well, reason for it, you know? The light coming what in Johnny's camera right now, showing the dirt on his camera, yeah. <laughs> made him look a lot older. <laughs> it become worse. Now <laughs> I feel like I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm at the eye doctor now. It's like better, better number one. Better or worse? Number better, one, number two. Better. <laughs> number one. Better for, here, better number for two. Oh, your prescription. It's definitely changed since the last time you were here, Johnny. I have to go again. I haven't been to the eye doctor in a long time. For a while, I was just ordering my contacts from overseas because you didn't need a prescription for that. I gotta go back to <laughs> who was the eye doctor. I have an overseas account for my contact. Lenses. I have an offshore. Yeah, I, did it, I did it for years because because in the UK they didn't care. Like it's just like a recommendation that you have a prescription, but there's no like. Oh, I broke like, can't see. These might work. Yeah. Try <laughs> <laughs> these, blood. They're all from Birmingham. What is this? <laughs> Try these, mate. <laughs> Oh, you see better, isn't it? You see that? <laughs> but yeah, but then they stopped shipping to the U.S. Probably because of people like me. You wonder why. I mean, it makes you think, you know, maybe maybe this shouldn't have been happening in the first place. So I have a know? couple boxes left and I got to go back to the doctor. You are very, you're very smart and efficient person, but I feel like this is one of those things in your life that's just like totally unnecessary, but it's just kind of like... Kyle asked. I like, like to live like if there was like a grayer way for me to accomplish the same result and like it's an easier way, but like it's a little bit outside the normal path, I tend to prefer that way. So like like it would take me just like an hour to go to a doctor, right? And be good for like two years. But yep. nah. You can also do it online now though, too. I think, which is actually probably what I'm gonna do. Before we head into the mailbag, another recruit for Temple Football, we said last week that this is an ongoing process adding to the roster. They added a junior college defensive lineman and Khalil Poteet. Hopefully we'll catch up with him for a story. So another addition to the defensive line for Stan Drayton's team. We'll look at the mailbag here. A few questions to get to this week. Kind of similar. This is uh, another question from Temple J. I feel like we had a, a similar question last week. How many new starters do you see on both sides of the ball? I think we said, what, last week, as many as like nine on, on defense? I think we got this literal question. Yeah, uh, it probably got cut by Declan because Declan tends to need to 
No, it's at the uh, end. Restrict things. It's at the end. Thanks for listening, by the way. <laughs> Stifles Kyle's creative stuff. I literally, if you want like me to be 100% honest, I usually will go back into the podcast and go to a couple of things that I thought was funny to see if they came across as funny, and I won't listen to the rest of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's I, think we, I think we said 15. I, I said 15 and a half with my over-under. Oh, yeah, that's right. Year, last week. And I think that's still true. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, that defense might have nine, you guys. Which is yeah. For what it's worth, I'm taking the over. Yeah, on it's also like, what do you like? Are we talking like week one against Oklahoma, or are we talking about like week ten? Or they're completely I'd new guys. Say week one, week one against Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, and then a lot would, of then there'll be a lot yeah. more after that. A lot more evaluation. Yeah, whenever you look, it's it's always interesting to look back like the week one starting like offensive line, and then look at it by like week seven. You're like, oh yeah, that dude never played again. Like, <laughs> you know, like he impressed yeah, you in the uh... front. During camp, and then just never played again. Yeah. Uh, next one here from Twitter from Patrick Edis is the Twitter user here. It seems the cat is out of the bag from money in college sports. Most people would agree that the present lawlessness around NIL and transfer portal, the uh, present lawlessness around NIL and the transfer portal is negative and ultimately destructive. But can the NCAA get any control back and bring some order through a salary cap, a transfer wait period? I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Kyle, I feel like you want to say something. No, I was ready to hear one of your many thoughts. I would just <laughs> preface this by saying none of us are labor law uh, attorneys. No, right. Um, Johnny's working toward it, but yeah. that's unrelated. It's, it's good to have dreams. <laughs> it's a slow process to get there. No, Who are you uh, going to clerk for? Which Supreme Court justice are you hoping to clerk for? And why? I mean, name me <laughs> Johnny, name me three Supreme Court justices. I, I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> it's fair. Johnny just catches strays every week. Johnny, what was the first book that Napoleon read? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell myself either. So anyway, oh. <laughs> I mean, the, the well, let, look, at, let, let's get back on track here and answer this question to the best of our ability. Can the NCA get any control back and bring some order? Kyle's right. Who knows what's ahead? We're not labor law experts, but I think, I mean, is it not, it's not unfair to say that the NCA is kind of partially blamed for not having control over, over this, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You could just go and have to get specific with the like the issue. The NCAA is probably to blame, or at least, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, like no, they just kind of brushed this on the swept this under the rug for years and years and decades, and then when they finally got approved, just became the gates are open, and now you're trying to put toothpaste back in the, in the tube, and that's a little hard to do. I mean, I think also, it, I think an interesting thing. I was talking to a friend about this, and and who knows if players will ever be able to like if if the whole unionization thing goes through then i think that that gets really interesting if players if ncaa players are are then in the future treated as employees that's going to be really interesting and then do you have do you have buyouts do you sign contracts do you have a buyout will that give you pause in terms of leaving will you have non-compete clauses and stuff like that right a salary cap who knows like transfer wait period we've already talked about that before i mean there the the whole second time transfer thing is now you know no longer a thing and that hurts a Tempor- program, like temporarily temporarily, temporarily. I mean, it's, it's probably permanently but in the interim it's just because there's a, a tor against it yeah but i mean that's the one sure. thought i have is that the ncaa can get any control back i really think they're 
you know, to partially to blame for this. They kind of just said, oh, well, we'll let states figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I agree a lot about what you said earlier about if they do end up being treated as employees, then does this become like, yeah, okay, you signed with the tough fund. By the way, if you leave before a year, you have to pay back X amount or like you owe this or your, your future institution owes this. Because like me as an employee in the private workforce, I've signed uh, plenty of agreements that say if I leave before a certain amount that I owe X amount. So like if me as a random employee can be subject to that, then so can a student that's getting paid more than me, most likely. The other, the other thought I have on this, and I think anybody else can pick up on this too, is I think there are more coaches kind of saying what they feel is the quiet part out loud is that, oh, we can't coach players as hard as we want to. But if you notice, and I think we might've talked about this on a previous episode, the coaches who kind of are bulletproof and have nothing to lose by saying that are the ones saying it. Like Gino R.A.M. just kind of went off about it. But you know what? Gino R.A.M. has won a ton of national championships. He can retire at the end of this season and he can say whatever he wants. And he can say, oh, I feel like NIL and the portal are really hurting our game. And if somebody says to him, well, you make millions of dollars, you can leave whenever you want. He can be like, I don't care. I've got my money. Whereas a younger coach who is trying to live to earn their next contract is going to feel hesitant to say, yeah, I'm all for players getting money, but yeah, like it's, it's really not teaching some of our players great life lessons. They're hesitant to say that because if they say that they're going to be branded as someone that high school coaches, families, AAU coaches don't want to send their kids to. So yes, it does. I'm sure feel like a state of lawlessness and, and free agency. But again, the NCAA is a big, big reason as to why things are where they are now. Last question, as we promised to close things out here from our former beloved staff member, Sam Newman, one of the two Sams. On certain Ooh, weeks, it was your favorite so, Sam, right? He was- uh, some- Most weeks, most weeks. Um, so <laughs> yeah, of, of the exist the current L-Scoop staff, who was the Sam Newman of our current staff? I don't know. There was only one Sam Newman. That's true. I don't want to put Sam in a box. Nor have any of you failed to live up to the the big shadow that he cast. <laughs> yeah, Sam's at awful Look, announcing now. But what were you? What were you I'll just say about? if when we do have the Alice Cooper Fame first balloter, the Sams are are in there. They can go in together. We can do a double cast of their heads. That would be beautiful. I'm where sure were, they would love it too. Where, where would the Alice Cooper <laughs> Fame be located? Is it just a virtual Hall of Fame, or is it actually is is it a brick and mortar place somewhere? No, I think where we should. We it's should our offices that we're course. renting. Yeah, we put it right. up in the office space. In Glenside? We'll have big glass yeah. Florida Florida ceiling windows. How'd you guys pay for this? We'll have globes that you open up and have brown liquor in them. Like you just, like this is part of our office culture. <laughs> did you say, how did we pay for this? Yeah. Just, you know. Kyle, one of Kyle's offshore accounts. Company for the next couple card. months, just don't check your bank statement. Yeah, company credit card. You should really freeze <laughs> your credit with the bureau, with the bureau's shot. It was shockingly easy. Just keep an eye on your credit card from now on. We wouldn't have this issue, John. You'd be I'll all right. Going with experience a little bit later. Every now and then I think to myself when I have to answer a security question, I'm like, Somebody could definitely like Google things about me and figure out some of these security questions sometimes. Yep. Like some of them are just like, what was the name of the street you grew up on? Like, could easily figure that out for people yeah well but yeah so that's why that's how we rented 3200 square feet <laughs> in, in comcast one families what what do you do in the summer i'm gonna check out uh the baseball hall of fame cooperstown and i'm gonna head back down to glenside and check out the house scoop hall <laughs> <laughs> would we have we'd have red jackets to give out to people 
<laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> we do the same like every year. Uh, you and I get like sent out to whatever town they're living in now to like surprise them and tell them <laughs> in the hall on, of fame. Knock on their door. <laughs> Go down to Greenville, South Carolina. Sample. It's, it's Declan's. Declan's staying at a Best Western somewhere, and we're like Declan. <laughs> Bears dragging the coat in his mouth yeah. up the hallway. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We go down to the Canton neighborhood of Baltimore to knock on Sam's door. Hey guys, what's up? Like, you're in the Alaska <laughs> Paul Fame now. No, seriously, come on in. Like, no, no, really, really. This is thing. This is real. He breaks down in tears. Obviously, Sam, overjoyed. Boston Sam would be the least likely to welcome us with open arms because he'd be like, I, I got a thing. I'm doing this. Like Sam Newman gonna clear his slate for us. Yeah, he'd have. Food like, you know what? For us. Everything else can wait. Thank yeah. you guys for coming down. We'd have our little press conference right in front of the Keswick Theater. Someone from the Keswick would come out like, what are you guys doing here? Like, come see how Scoop Hall of Fame. Like, get, get off our property. <laughs> we can dream, right? What's the question? <laughs> what the question is? <laughs> Sam's question is, first-time caller, long-time listener, should we be surprised that Temple's results this season have been pretty bleak, or is this the nature of a rebuilding basketball program in this current era? especially without the resources of a high major program staff strapped with NIL money. I don't know if this is anything revolutionary, Sam. I, I expected them to win a few more games than they have. And I, I think that Adam Fisher is, of course, he's he's chasing wins. And yeah, they would have loved to pull out a win against ECU, pull out a win against Charlotte. I think they very, I mean, the weird thing is, and we can all agree that they need two or three more players, you know, more, more dominant players scores and they need a lot but yeah they they've had winnable games where they i'm not saying they'd be winning the league right now but sure i expect them to be a little better but it's it's been a little bit of everything each week whether it's been injuries so yeah i don't think anybody would have thought nine game losing streak longest losing streak in 47 years but i don't know that at the same time i don't know that i'm surprised i think it's that the second part was the like you kind of answered your own question with that one, Sam, where like, I don't think it's today's era where it's impossible to have a one-year rebuild. Like, I think if you had Kansas's resources and you took over Tulsa, like Tulsa could be successful in one year based upon the amount of NIL, right? But like at Temple where, look, from things you're hearing behind the scenes, like it sounds like they're starting to make a little inroads with with some stuff when it comes to NIL. But the way that Temple was a year ago when Adam Fisher got this job and had to go out and put together half a roster in six, in six weeks, was yeah it didn't set itself up for a one-year rebuild so i think the way that temple unless it completely figures out it's on the the way that temple has any chance of success is still honestly kind of building the team like you always did like you bring in younger guys like whether that's freshmen like zion sanford or bounce back redshirt freshman like Fonte barry and you develop them you develop them you hope that you can scrape together just enough nil to keep them for three four years and go from there and unfortunately this is year one of a Three, four year. I mean, they they lost their top four scorers from last year. Yeah. So like, big big rebuild. Another thing that's that's interesting too is like you look at uh, with Adam Fisher being an assistant, and I'm not saying I'm not saying he was the wrong hire, but look at a guy like Amir Abdul Rahim down at USF who was able to bring a, a a sitting head coach who's able to bring some key players from a roster with them, and I think that's definitely that's definitely helped them. I would imagine that you see it with the women's team, right? Yeah. Like yep. Adam Fisher didn't have an Aaliyah Nelson to bring with him. Yeah. Coach yeah. Rich brought like six people from Towson. So like, yeah. So Sam, you can, you can now visualize what it's going to be like when you're inducted into the Al Scoop Hall of Fame <laughs> and beautiful. The Al Scoop Hall of Fame will have a membership fee, but we're, we're really excited to welcome you to this. 
please send us money. Attached with this, attached, <laughs> attached with your your invitation is uh, is an invoice. It's kind of how like your high school or your or your university alma mater will hit you up for money, and if you donate enough, you get a wing named after you. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> if you want, if you want to have be the Sam for the Sam wing, you could have a corner. Yeah, at least <laughs> at least two corners. Mike Modric, probably first ballot Hall of Famer. Mike just uh, got a, a textbook published. Did he? Textbook, yes. Does he force his students to buy it? Is, is he like that to professor? He's like, no. I, <laughs> I don't know, but I shouldn't. T- I'm 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 quoted in that textbook, so you're probably you probably have lost respect. Yikes! For <laughs> <laughs> I like to see the resale value on that textbook. Then that's not a slight against Mike. That's a... it's tough. Is there is it an ebook? Can I buy it in an ebook? Uh, you could, yeah, I believe you could. What's it about? Sports communication. Yeah, sports media. Anything sports more specific than that? Well, it's he, Mike has, like, there's some PR concepts to it as well. Some sports supporting concepts. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure it's, it's, it's a Mike, it's a Mike budget project. I'm sure it's very well put together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I would agree. And Mike is a first balloter. Yeah. So we'll start getting jacket sizes soon. My left arm just half an inch longer. <laughs> we'll, we'll need a tailor for this as well. So another episode has flown by. Where does the time? Spring ball soon. Maybe we'll have. Football to talk about. Like, yes, we will love football to talk about. Probably more of a, a postseason conference run for the for the women down in Fort Worth. Declan, Johnny, you guys will you guys will be down there. So thanks Ooh. to all of you for listening to us for another week. And we will talk to you soon. Have more men's women's hoops to talk about. Any recruiting updates. Talk to you guys soon. See you later. Mm-hmm.